0: Hey, and welcome to episode three of the MTB Fitness Podcast. Thanks so much to everyone who's listened so far and everyone who's left a review. It's really helpful and it really helps make the podcast a success, so I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening in and thanks to those who have left a review. Um, you can also help me improve the podcast by emailing any feedback you've got to matt at MTB dot fitness. I read every email, I reply to everyone, so please feel free to email me. Uh, I know a few people emailed on the last podcast episode saying the volume was a little bit low, so hopefully it'll be a little bit better on this one. And then over the next few episodes, it'll just keep getting better and better to the point where the quality will be be awesome. But your help is really um, welcome with that. I appreciate all the feedback you can send to me. Today on the podcast, I'm speaking to World Cup downhiller and mountain bike coach, Jack Redding. I think you'll find this episode really interesting. We chat about everything from what he eats day to day to how he trains, what mistakes he sees your average rider make to what it's like to sit at the start of a World Cup run with the whole world watching. Uh, Jack's an amazing rider. He's finished top 20 at his races. I do a bit more of an intro when we uh, start the podcast, but I think you'll find it really interesting. I know I love sitting down and talking to him. So thanks so much. Remember to leave a review you get two seconds that's really really helpful and enjoy the podcast i'll see you soon right so today i'm interviewing jack reddin jack's a world cup downhill mountain bike coach and he also works as an optometrist He's wicked fast. Jack actually lives in the same village as me, so he puts me to shame on pretty much every Strava segment there is. (laughs) Uh, So, welcome to the podcast, Jack.
1: Thanks for having me. No
0: problem. Uh, So, as you now know, MTV Fitness, I help riders with the training, the nutrition, the recovery, and the mindset. So, I'd love to ask some questions around those areas, if that's all right with you. Uh, And then at the end, I also have some follow-up questions which they want to put forward to you. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Uh, So, we're going to start with a little bit more about you and your racing. So for those who aren't aware, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you originally got into mountain biking?
1: Yeah, so as Matt says, I uh, I race downhill professionally, Uh, I've started racing a little bit of enduro as well, dipping my toes into that field. (laughs) Um, I've always ridden mountain bikes since I was really, really young um, and started racing downhill when I was 17 I was, so second year junior, I did about six races. Absolutely loved it. Got yep. hooked before then. I was playing football at a fairly high level, and, oh, I didn't know that. and that was it. Just branched off straight away and focused on uh, well, they didn't even focus, just that was just my yeah, new I hobby, basically. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the senior category 2007, I finished fourth, um, which was kind of probably top 50 male in the UK back then, um, yeah. ish. And then lived in Whistler for a year, and that was when I made the jump. Oh, I didn't realize that, yeah. So it was a gap year after college before uni. Um, and when I came back from Whistler, I I was kind of elite pace because right. uh, I'd just been riding all summer there. Yeah, amazing um, trails, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what a place to live. So so 2010 was when I started racing World Cups. Um, yeah, so since... And what's nice is that was in Maribor 10 years ago. And right. next year, the first round is... Ah, oh, there you so, go, nice uh, one. Yeah, 10-year anniversary i will go back to the same one. Yeah, wicked. Hopefully you'll win it. <laughs> well, they, uh, can you imagine, yeah. <laughs>
0: that will be an anniversary. Yeah. Uh, cool. So... When you got, obviously you started, you went into football, I didn't realise that and then moved over to mountain biking, were you fast straight out the gate, did you find you were riding with your mates and you were just off into the distance or is that something that built up really gradually?
1: Um, when I rode locally I was always like, I always liked the downhills and that was how I found the racing, I bumped into a lad called Tom Braithwaite who lives around here, Tom yeah. used to ride for Hope, race downhill okay. um, and he was just unbelievably fast, the one rider did with him and that's how I found downhill racing because back you. then the internet wasn't what it was. Um, the thing was for me in Whistler like a lot of people were there and just wanted to ride and just wanted to be cool and ride a line and all that whereas that was never me i just wanted to be fast okay so i was just out riding in deep goats gully and just trying to be as fast as i possibly could everywhere and that's if you want to be a racer that's the attitude i think you've got to have um so so that's how i kind of managed to find that speed. Right, got it,
0: because you wanted it from the very beginning, where a lot of people have a bit of fun and mess around and just want to be fast.
1: Yeah, it's their hobby and they're enjoying riding and some of them might be fast as well, whereas it it was all those things for me, but I just had a taste of the racing and I wanted to win races. Right, got it. Nice one,
0: like it. Um, So tell us a little bit about the team, uh, One Vision racing the car? Is that right? you what, know the almost, almost one vision <laughs> global. Race. There you go, Neil. Clearly not done the free yeah. set. Bit of a bit of a mouthful. Everyone <laughs> gets it wrong. It's, what's quite
1: funny is for the first 12 months, my dad uh, spent. The, the first season calling it Vision One ah, they which go used so to I'm get me far. incredibly <laughs> cross because obviously it was our team we ran it together and yeah. so yeah <laughs> fun. but uh, we called it One Vision because I'm an optometrist as well um, ah so, you know what I, I knew you uh, were i never even
0: put the two together
1: yeah that, that we couldn't think of a name for ages and yeah
0: I always thought it was purely for the One Vision as in win the races well, that's, exactly that's exactly the, the time. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly that's the, the sports side of the name yeah. and the other side of the name is, is oh. an well, optometrist that, that, Vision that. so so, yeah. so you're going to have to be an optometrist forever now, that's it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> if, if they'll let me. Um, yeah, so basically started the team in 2015. Um, it was an idea so that I, I'd have the support I needed in terms of pit setup and teammates and um, equipment and all that side of things, but also then would have the opportunity to help um, my friends who were racing. And I'd always felt unsupported, uh, under-supported, sorry, since the start. Um, As I said, I started racing when I was kind of 17, 18. I'd missed the boat for getting on these teams. Um, So I thought, well, you know, we're going to start this team. Let's help out some lads who are in a similar position as me. I see good potential in their riding, but they've got full-time jobs or they're studying and uh, we we can help them out. So... So yeah, we've had four years now. Last three years, we've been the factory team for Nikolai. Um, we've had some great results: World Cup top twenties, won a BDS, race World Champs. I mean, I think for basically a lads and dads program, with, yeah, it's not uh, a bad effort, is it? It's not a bad effort <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a, a, a good four years for us, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: I can imagine. So how do you find managing your time and splitting it really between being an optometrist and you know riding and riding and training and racing? I can imagine it's quite hard to juggle it all, is it?
1: Yeah, very much so. And the winter of 2014 into fifteen was the only winter when I really had to get my head down and work kind of five, six days a week as an optometrist. I'd just had a year on a team in Switzerland. Um, they'd been good to me, paid my racing expenses, but there was no salary. I came off that year and was setting up One Vision with very limited support. Um, no financial support at all so this whole season was going to have to be paid for by myself, my old man and then my riders were going to have to pay their own way Got you. so I had, to, I had to graft that winter and as you say it's it's just impossible to do the amount of training you want to do and get yourself as prepared as you want to be to go and race against the best in the world thankfully Nikolai came on board a year later and that then gave me the opportunity to, to get more of a balance so right. Okay. typically the way I run things is I'm an optometrist two days a week in the winter and yeah. um, which is a Wednesday and a Saturday. And then in the summer, I will work Wednesdays if I'm here. Yeah, That's kind of got to the point now where it's... Yeah, abroad the whole time. Yeah, once or twice in June, once or twice in July, and then August, usually we're just busy. So, so it. yeah, it, it's cushy in the summer, that's for sure. Yeah, um, And then in the winter, I do a little bit more. But I think a lot of people have this, uh, this idea that I spend... The rest of the time, sat at home on my sofa watching Netflix with the dog. Um, And my mates are always winding me up about the fact I've got the day off. Most of the time, it's seven hours training a day. I've got to run the team. Um, So yeah, it's I'm not complaining. But it's it's yeah. still it's it's hard work and it's it's what the nice thing is it's what I love doing yeah yeah I into, for sure. yeah whereas when I go in to be an optometrist that's a day of work
0: yeah got it whereas this is the passion yeah yeah but we're gonna get into what you feel those seven hours of training with so uh, yeah, that'll be cool <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely.
0: so I think a question that I know a lot of my followers all will, will definitely be interested in. When you're at the start line for a World Cup Downhill race, you're racing with the fastest riders in the world, you know, you're, you're there, the whole world's watching. What's it actually like to be sat on the line? Because the vast majority of the people listening to this, including myself, will never be in that situation.
1: Yeah, it's giving me goosebumps thinking about it now. Yeah, it's like me thinking of the yeah. question. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, the 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 best example I can give you is, is this year at... Well, two examples. One was World Champs last year because that was live on BBC and it was my first World Champs. Yeah, which I never is even, insane. Yeah, I never even thought I'd race one. I was lucky enough to go to Cairns and, and compete. Um, and then this year, qualified 15th at mont saint and that was off the back of probably my most difficult season to date with, with some real bad luck and bad results. So to, to sit there on the live stream um, in that top 25 riders... Um, looking at that clock giving you a two-minute countdown
0: yeah the beeps now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's when you're there it's fine because i just run through my routines and and just yeah i have the same things i say to myself and i'm usually there with the same people and and when i'm there it's fine and as soon as as soon as as soon as it goes to 10 it's fine i just want to rip the pedals off the thing okay um but yeah in the pits or warming up knowing you're going to be yeah yeah, that, that's that's the hard part, keeping calm on the build-up is, is the tricky bit.
0: So you said then that you've got your routine that you run through in your head, so what are those routines? So when you're in the pits and you say you do things to keep calm, what are those? And then when you're on the line and you just said to yourself that you've got things that you say to yourself, what, what are those things?
1: Yeah, so big one's music. Um, yeah. I think everyone uses music to kind of channel their thoughts. Um, yeah, I agree. I'll visualise the track a lot. Um, okay. And then just really certainly at the back end of this year, just focusing on positive thinking. So just just thinking purely about what you want to go up there and do, yeah. rather than sitting there worrying about things that could go wrong. Just just being confident and and sitting there saying, "I'm gonna smash it," or do yeah. just simple things. And yeah, yeah I mean, um, I've done a lot of kind of. Um, sports psychology stuff over the years I was lucky enough through Manchester University when I was there to get hooked up with a guy called Alan Wright who's, who's helped me out loads um, okay. so yeah you've, you've you've just got to kind of uh, have things that work for you I think everyone's different um, in terms of what, what they do do some people don't like thinking too much whereas other people need to think a lot otherwise they get real nervous and, and yeah so got it no 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 I
0: like it it's cool it's something that I've always wanted to ask and I thought that my chance. One thing
1: I was doing at Montanane, to give you a specific example, was certainly before quali, as I said, I'd had a terrible season up until that point. Um, yeah. I would only I only had one real result, which was the 37th at Fort William. I'd had um, three non-qualifiers and then Andorra crashed. So before qualifying in Montanane, I don't think I've ever been so nervous. Um, just fear of failure. That was what was... Scared off, and yeah, yeah. I'm the totally. lead rider on the team, and yeah, as well as my own pressure. I felt I was like gonna this. say, it's a lot of pressure yeah, here, it's it's pr-
0: from you personally and from the team yeah. and to get the results.
1: Yeah, you're worrying that if the results don't come in, the sponsors aren't going to continue yeah. support. So, I'd had two weeks at home riding one of my local trails, and, and I knew I'd been riding really well. I was smashing my times on Strava. I know that might sound silly, but it, it's, it's times at the end of the day, I yeah, knew yeah. I was riding well. And and one of the last things I was saying to myself, was just ride it like it's that trail. Okay. Just go out of this gate like you're riding that track. Right. And and it worked. So Four when you ride locally,
0: then do you kind of get yourself into a similar mindset of I need to smash this downhill like it's at a World Cup, or are you riding at eighty percent? Or... No, it's different. Like,
1: well, during that time period, I was pushing because I needed confidence. I needed to generate speed and confidence. Because you know you've got two weeks until the day. Yeah. Right? Just and it had been such a poor year. So yeah. so then it was riding with a fair bit of fire, but. But no, if I went out for a ride this afternoon, then I'd more be focusing on just having a bit of fun and right. techniques and... Um yeah if I'm doing stuff like that it's when I go abroad if I go away for like a training right, weekend and that'll be like a, yeah. con-
0: a concentrated training weekend yeah. where you're really trying to yeah, improve yeah. yeah exactly
1: or right. if I go to revs for the day and then get warmed up might do a few fast runs with the GoPro on but it's not all the time yeah you, you just do it yourself I could say don't know broken limbs when you? you won't
0: be racing for long <laughs> um, so one of my mates recently you won't know this because we obviously only just met each other but two six weeks ago he came off landed on a drop landed on his head and ended up in an air ambulance so at races that happens doesn't it like you'll be at the start line someone goes down falls off nearly breaks the neck and ends up flying off how is it how do you find going into a race run after you've just seen someone like injure themselves like that like when I was I can't imagine being there with like my mate Ozzy seeing him fly off in a helicopter and then having to do the downhill at max pace how do you find doing that when you see someone get injured right in front of you
1: it's it's just different because you're at a race. I think you do have to be mentally strong to get rid of it. But yeah. if that happened to me on a riding holiday, yeah. it would ruin the day. Right, okay. Like, we'd all just be like... Right, couldn't mm, ride. and No, no. We'd either just cruise or whatever. Got it. At a World Cup, you just forget about it. Yeah. You might... You might hear about it, whoever you're with at the time, you'll be like, oh no, who, who was it? And, right. But, but then you'll almost, put your headphones back on and it's gone.
0: So it's almost like, compartmentalised, isn't it? You you're have in to, this yeah. zone and everything out there is yeah. elsewhere. And
1: then you'll get to the bottom and straight away you'll be like, how's he doing? Like, yeah. But at that time, you have to get rid of it.
0: Right, okay. And then when it's done, that's it. You can flip the switch and then you can start to talk and worry. and. Okay, Got you. Um. So before we move on to talking about specific training and nutrition and that kind of thing, what motivates you to do all this you've touched on it so why is it so important to you to be a world Cup racer why do you presumably want
1: to win what what motivates you i think it's just got to be in you um as i said when i first started racing i loved it Um, and yeah i think a big part of it just has to be in you you can't force it like this winter i'm really trying to like make the things i do be more about just life because I know that might sound silly, but no, some, no, win, some winters I've spent it sitting here waiting for that first World Cup, mm-hmm. and that's a long seven months, yeah. <laughs> like, especially if you then have disappointment at that World Cup. I remember 2013, it was a late start to the season, was it 13? I think it was, and I, th- yeah, I'm sure it was. And I'd either missed the first round, that was in South Africa or whatever. But the first one I went to was Fort William, and that was in June, yeah. So I'd waited from August, right. June. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. training Just and thinking about the rest. To... I punctured. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> literally in a, a day. heartbreaking. <laughs> like, so yeah, like I, I love training anyway. Um, I've been lifting in the gym and, and you know doing my fitness stuff that long. It's a hobby now anyway. So. Yeah. So I try and make training more about like like I'm going in the gym this afternoon and it'll be more about like feeling good afterwards and trying to lift more or whatever because if I just focus on I'm doing this for that race Mm -hmm. it's going to be a long cold winter (laughs) but but to answer your original question I think it has to be in you like a lot of the guys I race like Matt Walker young Matt Walker is a perfect example like that kid is just a racer. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even look like he's having fun half the time at the races because <laughs> he's just so, so on. focused on smashing it. And, yeah. And I got so much respect for that. Like, you see so many kids who shy away from competition yeah. and admitting that they want to do well and win and,
0: so I, um, my listeners might not know, I'm a personal trainer, so I do three days a week as a PT, three days a week uh, on MTV Fitness. So at the first company I worked at, I was at a seminar with Darren Roberts, who's one of the Red Bull strength coaches, right. and this was when I wasn't into mountain biking at all. So um, he invited one of the athletes in who'd recently broken his foot, this mountain biker. Uh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> so this guy comes in with a, you know, really long hair, uh, talking as he does, and I'm like, ew, earth is this guy yeah. uh, and they were asking through so like, right you can ask some questions it, it was josh bryson by the way as i found out afterwards <laughs> uh, Rat boy <laughs> um so they were asking um right has anybody in the audience got any questions so i asked josh bryson i was like why is it so important for you to be number one and he looked like at me like i was stupid it was like it was like of course i want to be number one like i think he said why would i want to be number two and it was just so like say it was just in him like it wasn't even a like people outside of Professional racing would think, well, it's first tenth, like it's not really that, yeah. real that matter. But it is just a, you just want to be first, don't you? It's yeah. just that's that's what all it is. It's in you.
1: And I think that's an interesting answer that Josh gave you then, because I've listened to a to his downtime podcast since okay. he retired. Yeah, and it sounds like between finishing his World Cup season that year when he won everything, yeah, and then World champs, he really kind of lost lost himself as to why he was pushing himself so hard. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, and then after he broke his foot. He, he said something along the lines of he just realised that everything he was investing in this goal to, to win races and and, and and be the best was right. not really what he wanted. Right, okay. Um, so I think it sounds it like really someone like road Josh road. is very conflicted because he's arguably the most talented mountain biker in the world and has proven that when he puts his mind to it he's one of the best racers as well yeah. but also just loves having fun riding his bike yeah, and being yeah, stylish yeah, yeah. and doing the other stuff so...
0: So I'm at the uh, yeah. Malvins in the summer and they just love messing around. You could see they were just jumping of off talent. this little like one foot kicker and just like messing around for like two hours straight. You can yeah. see like, just yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, wicked. Uh, so we're going to move on to chat about a bit about your nutrition and your training and go deep into that. That's all right with you. Let's do it. Uh, so... I've already asked you already about how you managed to fit your training in, so you're lucky that being self-employed, you can kind of now work two days a week and fit your training around that, exactly. but I think it's also important, sometimes um, people can think, oh it's alright for the pros because they have all the time in the world to train, um, what was it like when you did have to work six days a week and you were working all the time, I presume you were training at you know early morning and late nights, like, did you just get on with it or did you just literally not train to the same level that you can now?
1: Yeah, I just wouldn't train to the same level. Yeah. And the other thing was over that winter we had, we just bought this house and we were doing the conversion right, for the gym kind of- and the garage is now like a converted gym workshop and we were doing that. So yeah. I was working all week and then doing that. So yeah, thinking back, I just wasn't as fit as I should, you know, nowhere near as fit as I right, could have been, should have been really. So.
0: So would you agree that it's just about making the most of the time you've got then? Yeah, definitely. But understanding that you can't be at the same level as if you can train for seven hours a day.
1: Yeah, you can only be your best self, can't you? Mm-hmm. You can't be someone else. And that's one you asked me psychologically, what do I do? That's one of the things I always remind myself. I can only ride my own bike and they can't ride mine. Yeah. So same thing for training. You can only be your best self. You can only do what you can do with the time you've got. Um so, so yeah, whatever situation you're in, you've got to try and manage manage that time and, and get the best from it really.
0: Yeah. And I think for the people listening to that, that works whether you're six days a week and you want to win races or whether you're just a dad of two and you want to be able to clean that climb or improve your Strava times or yeah, making the definitely. most out of whatever situation you're in rather than spending three hours at night watching Netflix or whatever. You could go on the turbo for an hour and then watch Netflix with the family.
1: It's making yeah. the most
0: out of whatever you've got.
1: Making it fun as well. That's the key for training for me.
0: Yeah. So how do you make it fun then?
1: Yeah, I mean some some days like like today I'm looking forward to going in the gym because I've had a couple of days with my friends and just were resting. I was working Saturday, so I'm I'm buzzing to get in there today and, and yeah, you know get get a sweat on. But on other days I've I've done a lot of training. And I'm starting to feel tired, and yeah, yeah, I will literally be like, oh no, I don't want to go in there. And simple things like changing a playlist, yeah, or going, I haven't done that exercise for a while, combine that with that. Yeah, just just mix it up and just try and change your mentality so that it activates some kind of excitement. Because there's nothing worse than going to train and just being like, I don't want to. Yeah. I think everyone can relate to that, whether you're an athlete or whether you're you know, just... Um, so that you know, was
0: actually one of my questions. When So obviously you just answered, you do have days where you're feeling demotivated? Do you ever have days where you just sack it off and don't train? Or would you say you're always go and do something, use some of that techniques that you've just mentioned.
1: I've learned from experience that some days I will sack it off. Okay. Um, and that's, that's not laziness. That is me going, I'm tired. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to make things worse. Um, I, I did it a few weeks ago. I went in the gym um, and then walked back into the kitchen 10 minutes later and said, what are you doing? I was like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I got half through my warm up and was just like, this is a waste of time. So yeah, yeah some days I will. I will, I will go, no, I'm going to make things worse here and just have a chill.
0: But would I be right in assuming then that, I think my, I think my listeners will find that really following because people get an image that pro athletes, semi-pro athletes, whatever are just machines, they just do it. But there you go, even people riding at the highest level, finishing top 20, still have days where they sack off the workouts. I would say that the key is then the next day to just get straight back on it. Would you agree? Not Yeah, beat yourself defi-
1: up. definitely. Like The hardest thing I have because... Because I am quite a motivated person anyway. But yeah. Self motivation yeah, has, yeah. never, has never been an issue for me. Yeah. It's 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 knowing when to to, to not do something for me is okay. the hard thing. Okay. So like, it's the other way around. Yeah. I've gotten like I, I will overtrain, 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 right, and then not realize I'm doing it. Um, and with experience, I've I've got better at spotting that. Yeah. So like, um, it's
0: a sign of overtraining when you go in the gym and you can't be bothered yeah, training. So yeah, learning yeah, actually, yeah. you know what? Maybe I need to sit down, and have a protein shake, and yeah, recover yeah. a bit, and do a bit of stretching, yeah. Or whatever.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I th- I, th- I think. What people have got to be wary of is is the opposite so thinking they're physically tired yeah yeah and actually just kind of actually you've you've because i get it on a a saturday or a wednesday sometimes i'll come home from work and be like yeah oh no i'm done yeah whereas like what it isn't i'm just mentally exhausted from dealing with 19 patients a day and what I actually need to do is get in the gym and just do an hour yeah. and when I do do that I feel way better. I have no That's idea who's awesome. just walked into my kitchen.
0: <laughs> actually. Welcome back to the podcast. Sorry about that. Jack's dad just came in. Uh, I think he wanted his two minutes of faint. So. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to
1: steal the spotlight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we were obviously, as you know, you're listening to it. We are just talking about motivation and that Jack does have days for relaxed motivation, but the key is just to get straight back on it the day after. Um, it kind of rolls into my next question. So in your opinion, for a listener who only has three or four hours a week total, and that's to ride and train, they might have two one-year-old kids who've got a full-time job, mm. like even if they crammed, you know, their hours they, they move the week and like do whatever they can to get as many hours in the can. They can only do three or four hours a week of training and riding, and their aim is to get as fit as they can. What do you think they should spend the time on?
1: Whoa, well, um, yeah, so obviously I'd say at least 50% of that needs to be on the bike. Yeah. So try and get a couple of hours riding in a week, whether that's two one-hour rides or whether it's just on a weekend you're going out for a two-hour ride. Yeah. Um, and then it depends what kind of riding you're doing. So say you're, say you're someone who, cardiovascular, you're always quite good anyway, um, and you're doing some mountain biking, yeah. I'd probably say you want to work on some strength yeah. stuff because if your cardio is already quite good and then you're riding, that's going to stay there. But then if you get stronger you're going to be able to hang on to that bike easier when you're kind of pushing yourself on the rougher trails. If you're the opposite and you're quite a strong guy, but you naturally carry a little bit of weight, then yeah, you just need to be blasting the cardio yeah, you need yeah. to be in the gym, doing the rowing machine or whatever, you know, the exercise bike um, and to, to, to shed the weight and get the cardio going so that then you can, as you said, get up the climb or finish yeah. your ride without feeling like you, cause you won't enjoy it. If you, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. If you're knackered by
0: the top of the climb, then you've worked for 40 minutes to, to really enjoy, to, you've worked forty minutes to enjoy the descent and then you're knackered yeah, for it yeah, exactly. it's interesting you went there i would totally agree you want to work on improving your weaknesses so whatever that is whether it is your cardio or your strength or if you've got injuries or if you need to lose weight spending your time working on those is, is yeah. ideal yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. so personally before a ride and this is a ride rather than a race i love to have a coffee with some riding videos on do you have any uh, pre-ride rituals
1: i don't actually i'm usually in that much of a rush i'm uh I'm straight out the door, but again for me it's uh, it's more work isn't it. So yeah. when I'm going, I'm uh, yeah. I'm gearing up and I'm getting out there. And maybe I should I'm going to remember that and next time I'm going out for a wet, rainy trail ride. Yeah, I don't want to balls. go. Yeah, I might put on uh, put on a video and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, have a motivational yeah. video. But um, yeah, when I'm going away with the lads on a Sunday, yeah, we'll stop off and uh, we cruise down, listen to some good music and. Yeah, stop and have a coffee and chat about, chat about what lines we're gonna hit and stuff, and yeah, yeah just get buzzing about it. Yeah,
0: really. I think when you're with your mates, it's much easier to get into that place, isn't oh, it? Because yeah. you you yeah. just naturally buzz as soon as you rock up at the house and you get the bikes on, like yeah. Yeah. instantly the energy's high. Yeah. I think it is more because I do a lot of riding on my own, and that's the times where it's like right, I'll get a video on, I'll have a coffee, and then you get you get yourself psyched up, don't you? Yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, um, so I personally, I'm a big believer that you, you become like the people you spend time with. Um, so I think that crosses over kind of onto the mountain bike, where if you ride with fast people, you're naturally going to become faster. If you ride with slower people, you're going to be slower. Yeah. What are your views on that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's uh, you're going to get carried or pulled back by by whatever kind of uh, pace the other people you're with are doing. Um, we had a lad who come riding with us recently, and it was myself, my teammate, and another lad who races, and then him, and he thought he was quite fit. Yeah. And we were, we were just cruising up one of my local climbs Yeah, I kept having to go back for him and he was like, What is going on? He's like, Yeah, Matt, you're riding with athletes like So so you know, if he if he spent a month riding with us, yeah. he'd then go back to his friends and they'd be like, Whoa, yeah, Matt, yeah, what have yeah, you been yeah. doing? <laughs> so so yeah, you're exactly right. You you'll get pushed or pulled by by whatever you're spending your time with, really.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It's something that I push like all the time. I thought like it's interesting to get your views as well. Mm. Um, So one thing that always comes up and people who follow my pages on Instagram or Facebook will know that I'm a big kind of, um, I believe in them. So e-bikes, So I I personally believe e-bikes are a good thing, I think they're good for the mountain bike community, I think they're good for people who are less fit because it means they can get on the bike. I think it's good for people who are less fit and they can, you know, you might have mates who ride three times a week. And um, they can ride the person on the e-bike only rides every other week. They can go for a ride with a mate and still keep up all day rather than being sat at home. Um, I've seen that you ride. You've ridden e-bikes for your training. What What are your views on them?
1: Yeah, I, I got one last winter, and I, I was just amazed by what what you could do. Um, I haven't used it much in the summer. Yeah. But that's because round here in the summer, the conditions are quite good, the ground's yeah. hard. Yeah. So I, on my normal bike, I can hold a, a good pace and do a good ride. Um, whereas in the winter, it gets that boggy and that wet. The, the e-bike just meant I could almost hold summer pace. But okay. on the e-bike, I was still working hard. I was still getting to the top and sweating. Yeah. And then I'd do a descent. And then one of the descents, I could actually ride back up the side of it on the e-bike. Yeah. Whereas yeah. on the mountain bike, I'd be walking through the mud. and. Yeah. So there's, yeah, 100% there's a place for them. Um, I, I think you do have to be careful. Some people would maybe get one and lose fitness. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, we know a lad around here who didn't ride at all because he couldn't keep up with the lads. He'd have asthma attacks at the top of the climbs and all right, that because his go. fitness was much lower than the group he wanted to ride with. He's got an e-bike now and he's lost loads of weight off right. the back of it because he can get out riding now. So, yeah, I think that there's... They're just going to get better and better with time yeah yeah, yeah. and for okay. me more is more like yeah and if i can ride my descent 10 times yeah, yeah. For, for someone like you as
0: a downhill yeah 10 versus 5 it's an absolute no brain yeah. right?
1: and i can like some you know i could do an hour on my watt bike and then go for an e-bike ride yeah so i don't need to worry about whether i'm getting that workout on the e-bike i'm there for the downhill yeah. time and i've done the training so so yeah they're, they're great yeah they're good fun
0: yeah Oh, good. No, I'm glad that you think the same thing because I'm, like, massively for them. Some people are just
1: against them for the sake of it. They don't like change. <laughs> I I'll agree. try anything Some once. people just like to play. <laughs> yeah. Anything? Well, let's say it's not for that a kind of podcast. <laughs> Is that
0: what I was just going to say? <laughs> Beat me to it. Uh, so, on to a more boring question. <laughs> um, we're going to chat a little bit about nutrition now. Um, so, oh, in fact, tell you what, let's rewind. Before we go back into that, you said that you train for seven hours a day. Um, when you're... you caught me there. i thought yeah. i got away with that <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you train for seven hours uh, in your day or what is your week like and if it's not quite seven hours don't worry i know it's just a um, yeah so if it, if
1: it was a big day which a seven hour day would be i'm sure you can appreciate if you do yeah. seven hours yeah, five days a week you, oh you, god yeah you're you're just screwed. gonna deplete you and you, you're just gonna go backwards yeah so say um it, it was a big seven hour day it would be like a three to four hour trail ride I'd have done. Come on, big lunch. Um, And then I'd do a gym session. um, And then I'd be like, oh, hang on a minute. I've still got a bit more. So I'd maybe go on the walk bike or maybe do another gym session exercise at a different area. Yeah. Maybe the first session would have been like an hour and a half with like upper body and core. And then I might be like, oh, actually, I've I've got a bit of leg strength left. I'll I'll do some squats or something like that. Got it. I just try and keep things really, really varied, so that by the end of the week, I can look at my training board um, and see all the sessions I've done, and 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 I'm not looking going, oh, I didn't work that. Yeah. You know, by the end of the week, I want to say that my chest, my shoulders, my legs, my core, my back, my cardio, everything's been thrashed. Yeah. And I'm going into my Saturday clinic going. (laughs) <laughs> I need a rest uh, that's kind of how I try and aim from, from Sunday's my down all day and then through Monday to, to Saturday morning yeah. I'm, I'm you know gym um, with a couple of rides and then by Saturday I'm done and I have a rest
0: uh, so what did your you mentioned about training boat then so what's that for you what's it's just it? a
1: whiteboard that I just keep track of everything I do literally everything so
0: do you do that at the end of the week looking back at the week or do you do it at, the, begin, it at the beginning and say right so it might be Sunday night you say Monday morning I'm doing legs this I'm doing
1: neither it's live so there's nothing on that board for this week at the moment right so when you've gone depending on what time it is I'll either have lunch and go in, and then go in the gym after yeah or I'll go straight in the gym and I'll literally go in there and go right what did I do last week oh, how did that look right okay I'm gonna start with this and I think today I'm going to start with some shoulders and just literally take it from there. Got it. Um, and just as I'm going, write it down and build the week. And I might get to tomorrow afternoon and look at today and tomorrow and go, whoa, I've done two huge days there. Yeah. Wednesday I'll have an easy day. Or if I look and go, oh, well, I, that wasn't that hard. Or yeah, I, I just keep it live because if I, I've done it where I try and pre plan. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it'll either be too hard or too easy for me because i'm doing it all the time yeah i can afford to do it like this whereas i think people who are trying to fit work working out in around full-time work they, they need to plan more yeah you need yeah to because you there. have that hour you have to train yeah. in that hour whereas otherwise you blink not. and it's gone yeah like oh, i've sat myself for that hour and that was yeah was that was your dream. hour yeah whereas as i say because motivation is not motivation and time aren't an issue for me mm-hmm. i'm chomping at the bit to get in there anyway so, yeah so i keep it more alive and go for how's my body responding to what i'm doing and build it around that for sure no, think, that's cool i think okay. an important thing to add to that is i don't yep. actually have a coach anymore yeah um i had a coach for years um and he's purely only not my coach now because i don't feel like i need it anymore okay i've been training olympic lifting for 10 years and riding my bike for longer than i can remember so off all the things i've done and the experiences i've got i write my own programs and and yeah. You like to do it fitness. Yeah, yeah. You got in. My gym's at home, so I don't need to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, for those listening, it's wicked. When I just came
0: in, he's converted his whole, I'll, I'll do a video for Instagram, but he's <laughs> converted his whole garage into um, like a gym. It's wicked as a squat rack, a uh, what bike, you got all the... Uh, like checks on the wall and stuff from the races is one like it's it's sick. It's really so cool.
1: Workshops in there as well. The bikes are in there yeah. just to look at, get motivated when you <laughs> don't. That, that room, don't you? In the
0: house. Mate, she,
1: she, honestly, she's not Sa- mad. Sarah's in, in the gym almost as much as me. oh like, there you go. There, there. Nice uh, yeah, she she's an optician as well, but she works okay. a lot more than me. But um yeah, she, she loves training, so it's right. good for both of us having that in there, really.
0: Oh, wicked, no. It was class when I walked in. I was like, This is what I, I live in an apartment at the minute. We're looking to get a house, and one of the big things on the list is garage
1: because I'd love so much to have that. <laughs> <laughs> so sick, mate. Like, you come out, sometimes, I'll come in, especially on a Wednesday if we've got something planned in the evening. But I, I've finished the day at work and it's been a stressful day, and I just want to train, yeah. even for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And if I had to go to the gym, it, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Time. I can just come in, rip my suit off, go in there, blast, yeah. and then I'm like, <gasps> so that's not even for like uh, for the racing that's just as I said for life like it's so good having it there yeah Um, yeah. I'd recommend it if you've got a home a gym or a space where you can put just even the small weights bench and some weights just just makes it really convenient
0: I think Um, I'm in that zone as well so like I was explaining to you some people won't know so I um, have a 12 week training program where people can follow along at home they can either train in the gym or train at home Uh, and quite a lot of people I bet it's about 70% of those people train at home and I think sometimes it can be hard if your living room is your gym as well, because you're used to chilling out and sitting and relaxing. So if you've got a space like Jack where you can actually have a separate room where you're used to just nailing it in there, it's easier to get into the right mindset to do it. Yeah. But if not, if you're not, you know, if you do live in an apartment or whatever like me, even just dedicating a bit of space in one room or whatever where you train, I think it's just more for the mindset point of view, it's quite hard to train in front of the TV when you used to chilling out in front of the TV so I imagine for Jack when he opens that door and goes into the garage mm. you'll probably agree that you're, you're in the mindset of training yeah definitely
1: yeah I really really agree yeah
0: sweet so you mentioned then about um we're going to talk about nutrition now and you mentioned that you'll get home from your ride you'll have some you'll have some food you know you'll have your lunch and mm. uh, how important do you think nutrition is to you as a rider no,
1: I just eat KFC. <laughs> <laughs> cut,
0: cut. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you are what you eat. That's that is true. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty on it nowadays. Um, loads of various multivitamins and oil tablets, and then every every lunch I have like a, a big salad with like either chicken or fish. Um, and protein shakes throughout the day, usually three if I'm training. Um, and in the evening we'll try Sarah's a really good cook so we'll eat like um, pastas and yeah um, sometimes meals with like rice um, yeah just just try and eat healthy yeah Sarah was at the supermarket the other day and she said the the lad on the check I went don't you eat healthy <laughs> 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 you really told me, you come home and told me. Uh, we try, we try. Uh, what, do you,
0: uh, what do you have for breakfast? Do you have breakfast?
1: Breakfast, I have a boiled egg, piece toast, bowl of porridge with raspberries, Mm, Nutella sorry. <laughs> um, I saw some of that actually on the yeah, shelf before uh, Trainers Eye Yeah, Fresh orange juice um, And then my vitamins and stuff yeah. Right. So pretty boring, that's why I have every time
0: Do you have that Monday to Sunday uh, The whole kind of food food day Do you have that Monday to Sunday Or do you have any like nights out Or you go out for a pizza Or things like that
1: Oh yeah, don't get me wrong I mean I'm not like A saint No like we were at, I was down in Hereford Seeing my best mate at the weekend And we went to some black tie do And there was a hog roast on them yeah we were drinking all night and I was hung over yesterday morning like but I don't do that the week before a race yeah like you know it's all about being sensible and I don't take the fun out of life for for my racing but but as I said before training for me is I enjoy training, like mm-hmm. if I stopped racing tomorrow, I yeah. would continue to, yeah, to work yeah, out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, and you probably still continue eating well as well. Yeah, of course we would. Like, the thing mm-hmm. is, when you eat well and you train well, you feel better the whole time. I think that's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about MTB Fitness and fitness in general, is that mountain biking is a massive part of your life, but you know, I probably ride for, I don't know, five, six hours a week, something like that. So however many other hours are in there, it has such a positive effect on the rest. So when you train, you ride, you eat right the rest of your life feels better. So I'm exactly the same, I'm not training for a race, I'm not training for anything in particular, but I still love to hammer myself on the bike, I love to hammer myself yeah. in the gym, and I love to eat right, because you just feel so much better in general.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think the other thing I want to add there is like, I eat a salad every lunch, but yeah. that's not punishment. Yeah. What I make is like really nice. Yeah. There might be some things in there that you shouldn't have, like I put cheese, yeah. well I say shouldn't, I, it's I, just not healthy, say that, yeah. you put some cheese in there and some other bits and bobs, but I, I, I don't want to go and have a KFC yeah. or a McDonald's. Like sometimes I'll have one of them, and afterwards you always feel Horrendous! Yeah. Imagine like, going
0: for a ride straight after a KFC. Ooh, oh. yeah, carrying that <laughs> around with you. So
1: so yeah, I mean, I, I want to eat well. I don't make it line it up in front of me. And go, oh god, yeah, yeah. God. I, I'm it's I'm buzzing to eat it. Like so so yeah, I think I think you've got to be you've got to make it make it fun and make it something you're passionate about, and uh, you can eat well and still be eating nice food
0: yeah I agree I think there's some wicked recipe books out there that yeah. I don't know if you follow any but the, do, you, do you know any like the Joe Witt recipe books or anything like that
1: oh is that the 15 minute last? yeah yeah oh there yeah. you go yeah lean yeah lean yeah, 15 that's it. yeah 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 <laughs> as I say Sarah's the, I can obviously can cook but um,
0: yeah Sarah's really into it yeah
1: she's uh I, I'll start and then she'll move me out of the way.. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> I'm just awful at cooking. Yeah. Sophie my other half does the cooking.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, if I do prepare, I went through a phase of about three years where I did prepare my own meals and it was so boring. It would literally be five chicken breasts on the middle of no. in the oven. <laughs> Literally like blank, load of broccoli on the top and mash and I used to hate, I just used yeah. to sit and munch my yeah, way through the like, bad hails. This is
1: supposed to be yeah. different, so I'll do it. Like, Sophie can spend
0: the same amount of time though and make a much nicer yeah. meal. I don't know if she does it, she's just like, she enjoys cooking. i so yeah. quite yeah. lucky in that regard but if you do do your own food or even if someone else does it for you or whatever, I think yeah, mixing it up and making it enjoyable makes yeah. it so much easier. Yeah. If the, the idea of just having a bland chicken
1: breast and half a potato is just Kill me now. I think you're lucky if you like like salad and veg. Like yeah. For lunch, there's nothing better for me than a lot of lettuce, tomatoes, spring onions. lob some tuna in there. You know. Yeah. Uh, cus cus, love that in yeah, there yeah. as well.
0: Like. I yeah, think you can make yourself just... like it though. Cause I used to hate drinking water when I was younger, and then one day I was like, I mean, I mean, when I was like in my teens, one day I was like. Yeah, just taking a swig of the water and managing that. One day I was like, you know what, I'm going to get into water. And every day for about 10 days, I just down two pints every morning. And it got to the point where I hated it at the beginning. But then after a couple of weeks, I was enjoying it. That's and true. now I love water. I can drink it like orange <coughs> yeah. juice. Like I really yeah. like it. So yeah. I think if you don't like salad or avocado or cucumber or whatever, you can A, you can find things that you do like that help yeah. it. But you can also <coughs> stick at it and get yourself to like it as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. Like cucumber for me is the devil. I hate it. And I've tried can't eat it it's pretty much the only thing I want whereas as you say the stuff that I used to not like like avocado when I first tried it I was like well that's, mm-hmm. that's a bit icky yeah. I like avocado now yeah, I really I like it because I've eaten it enough to to develop a bit of a taste for it so yeah I think you just got with the healthy eating thing if you don't do it you've just got to set your mind to it and, Yeah, you know, this, this isn't just for 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 my biking or whatever this is for like life yeah um, and just make yourself uh, find stuff that, that is better
0: i think on that note it's about getting a big motivator and a big reason for doing it so you yeah. mentioned it yourself like if you reason it, for most people listening to this we want to get fit for the bike and that's massive motivation but if you've got a two-year-old daughter who you want to play football with on a weekend and you don't have the energy to do that because you're five stone overweight <laughs> that's such a huge motivator that if you think right well if i eat this salad I'm going to be able to lose five stone and play and I'll be there for my daughter's wedding or I'm going to be there to play football with my daughter yeah. or you know, whatever your motivator is. If you get something really big like that, yeah. that's going to make it so much easier. Whereas if you're just eating the salad just because I don't really know why, yeah. it's going to be so hard to do.
1: Yeah, I've got a real natural motivator at the moment. Um, I'm, uh, I've always been naturally really like slim. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to put some bulk on for my riding to be stronger. Okay, But I'm going on the stag do. In February, yeah, with the lads and by the sounds of it, they're gonna have me wearing fairy costumes and all kinds of stuff. So, needs so be yeah, needs to be need to be a little bit bigger to uh, <laughs> to rock the tutu. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to eat a lot of salad if you want to pop. A yeah, in that. yeah, gonna, yeah, maybe step up from three protein steaks a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? For you, like you'll know this, but for pointing up. So I. When I was how old will I would like being Eighteen till about twenty two, it was all about getting massive for me. So I wasn't riding at the time. I was like, I want to get big and at the time it was because I wanted to get a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, you are, yeah, yeah. I think I put on I think about two stones, something like that. Yeah. Like I put on loads and loads of muscle and that was just power the calories in every day, like four thousand calories every day and just hammer the weights every day. Yeah. Um now it's more about riding, so I'm a lot slimmer, a lot yeah. leaner and it yeah. uh, just depends what your goals are at the time. Yeah, but I exactly. was so putting muscle on I think stuff like Nutella had Quadruple the amount that you're eating in the morning or whatever. Yeah, just get more. And,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm, that's the thing. It's it's probably hard
0: for you because you do so much riding. You know? Yeah. Like it, when I was putting on yeah. muscle, I was just lifting weights. That yeah. was it. But when you're doing so much cardio, it can.
1: It's quite a nice. I have quite a nice balance with it because I do do a lot of lifting. Yeah. Um, but because of the riding, it it does prevent me from getting the wrong size yeah. and shape. Yeah, if that yeah, Makes yeah. sense. I do. If you get too big, it, it won't be good for yeah. the racing. So. So yeah, it, it, it does work really well, it's a yeah. nice balance of a, a cardio to, to strength um, training program.
0: Yeah, I think particularly for downhill as well, because obviously you need to be fit, but it's all about going downhill. A bit more muscle is massively beneficial for yeah, that, isn't it? Definitely. Maybe yeah. if you're going more enduro, you'd probably pay to stay a similar, yeah. similar size, I imagine, yeah. similar weight. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So you also have a bit of a coaching business as well on the side, don't you? Is that right? Uh, One Vision MTB Coaching. So yeah. tell us a bit more about that, and then I'd like to get into some of the yeah some questions around that, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, I uh, I can't really remember what prompted me to, to get into it. I think it was people coming to me asking. It was it was people coming to me asking me about three years ago if I did any coaching. Right. And I was like, well, I can't. I'm not insured. i okay. I'd coached my own riders. Because young lad Jimmy rode for me from the age of about fifteen, I'd coached him until he was about eighteen, so I'd done loads of high level coaching, but not professional. Nobody had taught me anything. Yes, yeah, just did, a did hour it. know how to ride a bike, and I'm quite good at analysing what people are doing. So I'd done it that way, but I couldn't go and coach people I didn't know because I wouldn't be insured. Yeah. Um, so I did my British Cycling badges for level two mountain bike coach, and I mean, yeah, I feel a little bit it's a little bit of a grey area for me really like the the badge was a waste of time I'll say that it was I didn't learn anything yeah. about coaching um, I was riding around a grass field um and even on the level 2 mountain bike one it was just yeah a bit of a waste of time for for myself um, I I wanted to go and learn something and I didn't yeah so I think british cycling need to redevelop the mountain bike side of their coaching and okay. then, you know they've got this level 3 one but again it's like you have to spend however many thousands of pounds, and it's more about like writing programs, like like for what you're doing. Yeah. Like, well, that that's not what. Mountain yeah, that's not what mountain bike skills coach should be. So that yeah, they they need like a mountain bike skills course or something like that. Um. So so yeah, it's I'll do a bit of coaching in the winter. Um. I offer a day at Langolan where. I've got a, a van with six seats, so my old man will drive, I'll coach, and we'll have four riders. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll uplift them all day, private uplift. I'll follow them with the GoPro, I'll get static videos of them riding. Um, and that's all All of the, the footage is done so that I can show them what I'm talking about. When I say, look, your elbow's there, your knee's there, what yeah. are you doing with your feet? if I can then show them the image of what they're doing as opposed to what I'm doing, it. it's much easier for them to then go, ah, okay, I see what you mean, I need to do that, rather than just going, I don't really know yeah. what I
0: mean. Yeah, and you um, compare that to watching a technique video on YouTube and then trying to do it on your own, there's no comparison, is yeah, It doesn't
1: it. work, whereas if, if, if everyone's, got the, everyone's got their own natural style, I, I don't try and teach people to ride like me or ride like anyone else, I try and teach them to get out of their own bad habits, Yeah, but based around the way they ride. Um, so yeah, I've have d- done I've done a fair few days now with, with various people. I do a bit of Farmer Johns, which is like yeah. we'll do like a three hour session where we're pushing up and sectioning and working on stuff. Um, so yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy helping people who either just want to get better at riding. I've had some people come because they want to be safer. Okay. They want to go out and ride, but they have got family at home and they got a job on Monday morning. Yeah, got you. So they want to hit jumps, but they want to be and they want to feel safer. So that's been uh, been quite interesting. I've never looked at it like that myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't do loads because the weather's rubbish, um, yeah. so not many people want to be coached in the winter and I'm racing in the summer, so. yeah. but but yeah, it's uh, it's good. So
0: for the people who are listening, um, I'm sure they'll be really interested in this. What are some of the common mistakes that you spoke about that some of the riders that you coach make?
1: Um. okay uh, first one that's really important is where your eyes are yeah so if you're looking either too well usually it's too close to your front wheel um, you need to look ahead you need to give your brain time to get the information from your eyes before you're at that feature Got you. if you're going into a corner but you haven't looked early enough then everything will be wrong in terms of body position so the eyes come first you need to be looking where you're going yeah Next is then body position errors, so people will either have their feet in the wrong place. So one of my friends, Matt, um, the guy I mentioned before when we rode a couple of weeks ago, yeah. he came with us and he was in a berm, he was getting into the corner and then dropping his outside foot Okay. Yeah, as if I mean, it was an off camber turn. Yeah. So I said, Matt, wh- why are you doing that, why aren't you keeping your feet level? And he's been on a downhill holiday with me four or five years ago and he was hitting 30 foot road gaps and riding yeah. really well, but because now full time job rides f- not even 10 times a year i think at the moment he's obviously forgotten all that okay and as soon as i said to him just next time you hit that berm just keep your feet level yeah all of a sudden his his body wasn't getting thrown off off balance and so it's little things like when to move your feet um, elbows down a lot of people do that if you have your elbows down then the front end of the bike's going to go really weak. If okay. That makes sense. Whereas yeah. if your elbows are up, you're going to activate your chest. Yeah. And you're going to be much stronger to be able to kind of muscle the bike around. Yeah. So yeah, elbows up is a big one. Um, and then a lot of people just lean back. Yeah. They're just scared. Away from the fear. Yeah. They just, they, they go, uh, oh, scared. Yeah. <laughs> and then they lean back. So, so yeah, it's about, um, trying to have your eyes in the right place, elbows nice and up, chest nice and open. Um, and, uh, Did I I say don't lean back? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 that's good. No, They're like your basics. There's there's a book on that. I think it's by Sheryl Sandberg, uh, who's the COO of Facebook. I think that's who's written it, and it's called Lean In, and she wrote the books. Obviously, she worked her way up to the top of Facebook, you know, one of the, you know, most successful mm-hmm. jobs in the world, if you like. Um, and she was out skiing and she was with a coach and they were doing some off-piece off stuff and it was super steep. Yeah. And she found that she was leaning away and as soon as she did that, that's it, she was off the skis. And the coach was like, you need to lean in, you need to lean in. And it was about leaning into your fear. And mm-hmm. um, so rather than leaning away from it, you need to lean in it. And the book is all about leaning into your fear in life. Yeah. So, you know, with everything, it obviously applies to more than riding. But yeah. yeah, it's a great example. I've done that so much myself, especially just starting riding again, where you're on a steep descent and you try and get your, like ass off the back wheel and all of a sudden the front wheel's going all over and you're off and then that your confidence whereas it takes confidence i think to lean into it into the fear a bit. but yeah i would totally agree with that
1: yeah i have to say it to myself sometimes still when we're learning world cup tracks like i'll have to say out loud to myself sometimes i'll get into a feature or into a shoot and i'll have to say whoa lean forward like okay because i'll i'll i shied away, lost control of the front wheel and the bike will feel like it's just doing what it wants. Got ya. As soon as you go, No, get up, get yeah, forward, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden you're back in the game. Yeah. Um, so do yeah. you say that out loud to yourself or is sometimes that I do, yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: I look like a right note sometimes when I'm on climbs. I'm like, come on, come yeah, on, yeah, keep yeah. going, keep going, and then all of a sudden I'll spot someone who's like probably in hearing distance. I'm like, come on in, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm quite vocal, I'm not right. <laughs> So I think you've asked my next lesson, my uh, next question, which is what are a couple of pieces? What are a couple of pieces of advice you'd give to the listeners? But you've said it now, have I mean, you? Know, have you got any other?
1: Yeah, another good one is like if you're struggling with something. Um sometimes and this isn't always right but sometimes like if you're one of those people who's trying to ride it fast just slow down a little bit and think about what you're doing and try and ride it a little bit slower obviously that's the other way around if you're like a more cautious person my missus yeah. we do a little bit of mountain biking and she's the most cautious person in the world okay so if she slowed down from what she was trying to do it actually she'd stop yeah <laughs> um, so so yeah you've got to know which way around you are but if yeah. you're one of those people who's a bit guns blazing, yeah. and sometimes just slow it down and try those techniques yeah rather than just trying to hammer through something. Because if you get the techniques right, it'll be easier to go faster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then like you were talking about the guy who came to you wanted to be safer, you're gonna be safer as well, faster and safer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. I when I got back into mountain biking, I was like, right, I wanna be faster. i want to watched loads of videos of people racing the UWS. I was like, I'm just gonna fake it until I make it. So I'd go down <laughs> Alfin and like I don't need skill. Uh, Alfin, for those who don't know, is a it won't be steep for Jack, but it's steep to me. (laughs) Uh, It's steep and, uh, yeah, it's quite a technical descent, yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, really rocky, relatively steep, off camber in places, and I just used to throw myself at it, and I would literally fall off four times whilst I was riding down. I remember I had one big crash where I was like, it's fine, I just hammer it, and I came off the back of the bike, the wheel blew, I ended up doing my ankle in, and then it took me probably about six months, and I was like... You know what? Maybe the right way to get fast on the bike isn't to fake it till you make it. Maybe it's to start at the beginning, learn the technique, go a bit slower, go a bit smoother. Um, and now I fall off like I'm nowhere near as fast as Jack. Like you'll have a look at the Strava times, like he'll just demolish me. Um, there's some You can analyze it after and I'll have a look and i am like, oh, I was nailing it down there. I'll have a look, yeah, 25 mile an hour, that's fast. And then Jack and the guys you ride with, 35. <laughs> um, but I fall off much less just because I ride within
1: my ability and try and push it a little bit. I think one thing I find really interesting about the sport of mountain biking is it's not a poor man's sport, is it? Yeah. Everyone's I agree. spending a lot of money on their equipment. Yeah. You see so many people who have got no idea how to use it. Yeah. And you just think, why are you not spending a little bit of money yeah, on yeah, lessons? Yeah. Like you wouldn't go on a skiing holiday and spend four grand on a skiing holiday and then not have a ski lesson if yeah. you've never been before. Some people would. Yeah. Fair play to you. <laughs> um, but most people, when you see them on a skiing holiday, they're having a lesson if they've never done it before. So I think mountain biking is so totally young agree. as a sport that people aren't quite cottoning in on to the fact that if they actually had some tuition, they'd get more out of it.
0: Yeah, massively, yeah. I totally agree with you. And the thing is, if you're spending five grand on a mountain bike, or even, you know, an entry-level bike is a grand. That's yeah. not cheap to most people. A grand is like a fair amount of money. If you're spending four or five grand on a bike and you could spend 100 quid, 200 quid on a coaching day, like so it's, a, it it's a no-brainer. It's a it's no compa- yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Um, so, last question, and then I'm gonna get into some questions uh, from my Facebook groups. People have asked questions on there. Um, to most of the people listening to me, and I've mentioned this, you ride super fast. How does someone go from riding at their current speed where they're at now to getting anywhere near your kind of speed?
1: Well, that touches back yeah, on what I just said, and that it? it? If, if, if you feel like you're flogging a dead horse and you're not getting any better, um, and you, you're out riding and you're trying to push yourself, you're probably doing something wrong technique-wise. So you need, you need some tuition, you need someone who knows what they're doing and, and knows how to analyse what you're doing. Because that's, the, that's the, the important thing. I think in terms of mountain bike coaching, I believe that you need to be a good rider to coach someone yeah, well would, to be a good rider. Yeah, I would agree. Some people may disagree with that, but I think it's such a specific sport and such a high-level adrenaline sport, high-risk sport, that you need to be good at it yourself. Yeah. You also need to be good at analysing what the person's doing. Yeah. You could be the best rider D- in the world, but I'm if you can not analyse what someone's doing and communicate to them how they need to improve, then then again, it won't work. So there's that. Yeah. Um, your equipment might be limiting you that's one thing um if you if you're trying to do rough um you know ews style descents and you're on a 100 mil travel cross-country bike yeah. then, then that's not going to work either yeah um some of it may be your fitness um some of it may just be mentally you might just be a little bit scared and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that yeah yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah 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 certainly down on that biking like is an extreme sport it's super dangerous and yeah. uh if something in your head saying oh, no, no no i don't fancy it then that's fair enough yeah anybody who judges you for that shouldn't be um yeah, yeah. i sometimes get to a world cup track and we'll be walking it or riding it and there'll be a line that one or two will be doing and i'll right. say like i oh, don't get paid enough for that yeah, yeah yeah like the risk attached with some things is just sometimes outweighed by 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 the consequences so yeah.
0: you know what's interesting i think everything we've spoken about for the last what hour something like that ties in everything that we just mentioned there how to get fast on the bike is with Mm -hmm. the training getting fitter you know getting a coach it's doing it all
1: yeah depends how much you want it if it's It's just something that you just enjoy doing you go degler on a weekend yeah you're not that bothered then fine but if you're getting frustrated because you're not as good as you want to be or as good as your mate or you're racing and you want to be better then you need to tie in those factors that we talked about yeah one of them will be out of sync or more
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, to finish off, last 5-10 minutes, I've got some questions from the Facebook group, if you don't mind. So, for those following who aren't in, just search for MTB Fitness on Facebook. You'll see the page, which you can follow, and the Facebook group, which you can join, which is basically loads of like-minded people chatting and motivating each other. So, make sure you join there. It's the MTB Fitness members group. So, I literally just put a post in there this morning saying I'm interviewing Jack, if you've got any questions. Uh, The first one, the picture I put on, was a picture of the uh, the pink Nikolai. Yeah, from last Uh, year. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so there was a few comments saying uh tell him i love the color of his bike so they love the color of your bike nice one
1: <laughs> yeah, we've had mixed reports on that one
0: <laughs> i like it i am into that yeah, santa I cruz did the it. bronson didn't he in uh, magenta yeah, did, yeah. and
1: i really love that color yeah. um it's nice i it's like f- bright though funny story behind that, actually it was supposed to be a purple that would be a close match to the hope purple because that oh, was okay. the idea hope yeah, purple yeah. and green parts with a purple Nikolai Frame got you. and I had the meeting with Carl Nikolai at the end of 2016 to arrange everything for 2017 and he brings the colour chart out I told him what we wanted to do and he pointed to it and I went that's pink I went no no he said that's the closest one we do and uh, I said okay And you know he's the boss of Nikolai I'm not going to argue with him yeah. the bikes turned up they were pink <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully ESP who do our bike wraps did a great job of kind of knitting together the purple yeah, yeah. of the hope to the pink of the frame um, and then this year I had I don't know if anyone saw it it? but well we had a few I had five different ones the one I raced in the middle of summer at Leo Gang was a purple and green one and I chose that purple and surprise surprise it was the same purple as the hot purple (laughs) (laughs) so yeah last year we should have had a different colour but I think it worked out I think it worked good
0: I like bright color bikes. I've got a, a Yeti SB6T. Nice. Surprisingly light. Like put it as bright as possible. So it's bright turquoise. It's got orange forks on there. It's oh, like orange everything. Like I, I just love in your face. Yeah. No, <laughs> so I, it's my I, kind of color. I
1: got a bike out there that's the same. It's yellow and blue, Sweden flag style. <laughs> <it just laughs> nice. Pops, it?
0: Yeah, I'm not into the whole like matte black look, but each to their own. Depends of their own. You line it depends where you're lying, doesn't it? Each to their own. So John Bibby asked, "Does he? Do you still get time to go out and ride with your mates, or is it all training all the time?" you've
1: answered that but. Um, I don't get as much time to ride with my mates as I would like but what I try and do is just go when I retire from racing there'll be loads of chances to okay. do that um, so I, you stay focused and have yeah, a look at the time. opportunity I've got how many yeah, yeah. kids would give anything to have yeah. this I, I would have given anything to have this so I, I think it's different for me a lot of the guys I race against they're just pros yeah. that's all they've known I've been to uni. I've got a master's degree. I have to go to work on a Wednesday and a Saturday. I know what I could be doing. Yeah. So when I'm not there, yeah, I, yeah. I just appreciate every single minute of it. So, so yeah. I, I don't ride with my mates and go on fun riding orders as much as I'd like, but I'm still racing world cups. So. Yeah. 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 And you still get to ride with your
0: mates that you race with and yeah. your teammates, and you're still having fun, even though it's more serious, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. You. Yeah. You're not just in the, on the moors, on your own no, at all the time. In, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could read through some of these. Yeah, man. So I've asked that one. Uh, do you? This is a good one. Do you do any cross training with other sports? And if so, which ones?
1: Um, I wouldn't really call it cross training. Um, at the moment, I'm, I as I said, I used to play football. So at the moment, I'm playing football on a Wednesday night, five aside okay. with a mate and his dad. it's just a bit of a laugh. All right. Um, I'm obviously I lived in Whistler, so I can hold my own on a pair of skis and a snowboard So in the winter, we go off and do a few few holidays. Um. I think what they're getting out there is, do I ride motocross? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I had to go at it three or four years ago, and um, it terrified me. Right. Not gonna lie, I think it's one of them sports that you need to get into at a young age. Yeah. And my mate round here was really good. He told me to get a 450, so I did. And it was yeah, worst decision I think I've ever made. <laughs> it ripped my arms off for six months. Then it got nicked. Are oh, you joking? Um, yeah. He bought another one that he let me have a go on which was a fuel injected honda right. 450 and i rode it twice crashed it broke my collarbone and i've never ridden one since
0: <laughs> see all that literally i know absolutely zero about bikes talk about cars can i have a decent conversation about cars you said like, Fire fuel injection and all I picture was a fast bike. <laughs> very fast, very scary. Yeah. yeah, it does it for me. I'm like, yeah. I think I'll pass on that. <laughs> yeah. Nightmares of <laughs> Quite a lot of mountain bikers do ride motocross. Yeah, though, loads, yeah. And That's I can wild. imagine if you're used to riding at 60 mile an hour, then suddenly 30 yeah. it doesn't seem too fast, does yeah. it, or 40 or yeah, It
1: was good for the speed and it was good for arm strength. It yeah, yeah, it's so a lot
0: heavier bike, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you're yeah. taking a lot more yeah. of a thrashing. Yeah. So, uh, Paul Nichols writes, can I ask a question on a friend's behalf, <laughs> drop offs, <laughs> how do you mentally deal with throwing yourself off a cliff or in my
1: friend's case, a four foot ledge, lol. <laughs> um, well Paul tell your friend, um, <laughs> big thing for two things for drops is, um, is speed. You need to be going quick enough, but they're not fast enough. So, yeah. so gauging the speed's important. Um, if you go too slow, the front end is just going to dive. Right? If you go too fast, you might miss the sweet spot of the landing, land out of control and end up crashing into whatever feature is waiting for you next. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of technique you've asked about mentally. Um, for me, it's purely about I just go, right, well, I can do... It's the same technique, right? Whether you're doing a 4-foot or whether you're doing a 40-foot, theoretically, it's the same technique. The landing's got to be good enough, but your body position needs to be right. You need to have gauged the speed. So I just say to myself, well... I know I can do it. Just do that technique, don't do anything else. And I'll just, I'll analyze the drop, work out my speed that I need in my head. I might have a run at it first and then stop at the top and go, yeah, I think that speed was right, or maybe a bit faster. Got it. might watch someone else do it, that always helps. Or um, a good one is following someone you trust. Yeah, and just matching that speed. If you know they and... can do it, follow them in.
0: Okay, got it, yeah. Yeah. great answer. Nice one. Um, this one kind of touched on what we were talking about and I knew part of the answer, but I think this would be a good one. So Chris Lobb, who's one of the followers in the group and he also owns a bike shop, um, he's put, with so many places to ride in the UK, what can enthusiasts do to build then in their local area? Um, I'm 60 to 90 minutes drive away from any established, established trail centres. Where or who do you talk to to make new trails? So I think he's uh, probably got an unofficial answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, well, the official answer is... You'd have to speak to landowners and speak to council. Dep- depends who owns the land. You'd have to speak to the owner of the land. Um, and five years down the line, you'd probably be still sending emails. The unofficial <laughs> answer, which Dad um, wouldn't know anything about, which I don't know anything about, is you get out there, you get a mattock and a shovel, and you do it. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got to be careful where you've got to kind of have a, you've got to have a bit of an idea as to whether someone's going to come out with a gun or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, this sport is you put yourself as a sheep farmer in, in the Peak District and all of a sudden four lads yeah. come past you with shovels on five grand mountain bikes and they're going to go and build some jumps in, in his woods. <laughs> he's never going to accept that. And if he does, he's one of the few like Martin at Langollen or Farmer John. They're very, very rare. They're few and far between. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the best thing to do is find your spot you want to build and then go and work out who owns it, what it's used for. And then the official is you need to speak to the owners and the unofficial is if you think it's an area that's never used and nobody's really going to know you're there and crack on and build it yeah yeah i love trail building it's yeah, yeah. Fun. relaxing yeah like it um so matt
0: referred to this and i did see this in an article um, he's put do you uh, matt Hingler this is do you still have lead weight strapped to your frame do they help and if so why do we bother making the frames out of carbon?
1: Um, I so think this
0: a specific example, wasn't it, for one of your races? Yeah, that, yeah. Right? So
1: when we were working with Chris Porter last year, um, Chris basically one of the things he likes is lead weights on the frame. It's it's to stabilise the frame and make the suspension work better. That's to put it as simply as possible. Yeah. Um, I raced it a number of times last year. I had it in Fort William. I had it in Mont Saint Anne. Um, yeah. I haven't used it at all this year. Um, I've tried to get the suspension and the bike working with that kind of stability and that kind of feeling without the need for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> I think bikes that have good weight around a bottom bracket will corner better and be more stable than a really light carbon bike that doesn't have a lot of weight lower down because obviously every impact from the ground is just pushing Pushing back up against a really light bike whereas if you've got more weight there it will be more stable so that answers your question about the the, the carbon bike thing like um, yeah I I haven't ridden a carbon bike for years and and, uh, I I think they are great they're light and they, they you know they work well but a bike that's got a little bit of weight around that bottom bracket is going to perform better on the descent yeah. for sure. Yeah, But yeah, I mean the lead weight thing I've, I've kind of moved away from that a little bit now.
0: Fair enough. No, that's fine. So this is the last question from follower James Eden. <laughs> it ends quite nicely. Mm-hmm. You can only pick one. Wheelies or skids?
1: <laughs> wheelies. Wheelies. There
0: we go. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> right Jack, well thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure that people are going to want to know more about your coaching, more about you. Where should they look to find more?
1: um yeah so my instagram um which is uh jack underscore Redo, or facebook is probably a good good place to reach me um jack reddin racer um i do have a website at the moment which is jackreddin.com but i think from january we're going to shut that down because not many people are using websites for people like you know just, just riders yeah so yeah. all my stuff's going to go through my social media from now on yeah Got it. thanks for listening nice one Cheers coming on jack cheers mate thanks for having me
0: Hey again, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. I know I really enjoyed talking to Jack. I'd love it if you could leave a review on iTunes and subscribe if you want to listen to future episodes. Next week, there's going to be another episode out. If you'd like to learn more about Jack, then just check out the show notes and all the links to his social media, his website and everything like that are going to be there. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you really enjoyed it and I'll see you next week for another episode of the MTB Fitness Podcast.